Hi, everybody. Um, I'm about to go to bed. Uh, it's been a long day, and um, I have my Muji scent diffuser on. I'm all cozy, freshly showered, ready to sleep. And, um, you know, when Jack and I were recorded the podcast this week, I tried to do a reading of a text dream that Harriet and I had uh, during the men's short program of the Olympics, which I thought was really hysterical as it was happening. And then as I read it to Jack, um, he was unamused, which then made me feel like I was recounting a dream to him or something. Because you know how when you tell your dreams to someone, it's not at all interesting. So at any rate, um, something much more amazing happened tonight, which is that I had the great privilege of going to a screening of uh, Red Sparrow, uh, which is the new Jennifer Lawrence movie. And I got an invitation from Justin Peck because he had a bunch of extra seats to see this, uh, a screening of this movie that comes out soon uh, because he contributed choreography to the movie. So I, I, I went to the movie and mistakenly in my mind, I know he wrote screening in my mind. It was a premiere. Now I didn't get dressed up because I got the invitation after I'd already left the house this morning. So thankfully I didn't show up looking crazy, but it was a very casual affair. There was free popcorn, which was a miracle. Um, and I wanted to do a little recap of the movie for you because um, I think this is going to be one we're all going to be talking about for a long time. So, uh, Red Sparrow. Here we go. Uh, spoiler alerts. Although, I, I must say, I didn't understand the plot of the movie. So, what I'm going to tell you right now um, may not actually spoil anything. And I, I highly recommend that you see this movie, regardless of whatever I say right now. So... I'll just go from the beginning. The beginning of the movie, Jennifer Hudson is... What's her name? Jennifer Lawrence is wearing a long wig of brown hair with a blunt bob that comes below her eyebrows, right to the edge of her actual eyeballs. And she is apparently a ballerina. She's taking care of her sick mother in their apartment in Moscow. She is in the Bolshoi Ballet. She has to rush over to the theater for the show. She is playing the lead in the Red Sparrow Ballet. You briefly get introduced to her uncle, who's someone of importance and is played by a very attractive Swedish man, Matthias Schoenertz. And everyone in the whole movie, by the way, is doing um, many different versions of Russian accents, though there seems to be no Russian actors in the movie. So... Um, Sergey Polunin and Jennifer Lawrence do a uh, some ballet dancing choreographed by Justin Peck, and they do amazing face replacements onto the body of Isabella Boylston, who's doing crazy snake legs with red feet um, in her giant point shoes and uh, supported over split grand jetés, etc. And people are going to think Jennifer Lawrence is an incredible ballerina. So... Anyways, we get through the ballet at the end of their, um, 
uh, pas de deux, uh, Jennifer Lawrence is in some kind of lunge, and Sergei Palunin um, lands essentially on her shin and breaks it in half, so the bone is going through the skin, and um, he is gracefully uh, over her, a la Giselle, um, after her bone has broken through the skin, and he's just calmly and gracefully staring at her while she lays on her back. Um, and then you see she wakes up in the hospital, she realizes there's a hole, there's all these pins through her legs, and she starts crying, just crying, oh my god, my career's over. And then you get cut to three months later, she is on a cane, she's smoking cigarettes outside, she's still taking care of her mother, uh, her uncle comes to visit, um, he has some, he delivers her an envelope, which has a recorder in it, and some, fo- I don't, I have maybe pictures, and it's a conversation between Sergey Palunin and another ballerina in the company, and they are conspiring to ruin Jennifer Lawrence's career, which is why he broke her leg like that, even though he pretended it was an accident. So Jennifer Lawrence, upon hearing this and seeing photos of this woman and Sergey Palunin, walks over to the theater with her crutch, sees them rehearsing for the show, doing her part, she goes into the locker room, which has um, chicken coops for lockers, and she opens up the steam room. Everything looks filthy, like a dump. Like one time years ago, I was talking to David Hallberg while he was there, and I was like, oh, you're at the Bolshoi, the dressing room's beautiful. And he goes, it's a dump. So it was exactly as you described, although the movie was filmed in Budapest, so, you know, fat chance of that. And she goes into the locker room, and or the uh, the steam room, and once she can see through the fog, um, this the young lady has mounted Sergey Palun, and they're both naked, and they're having sex in the sauna, and so she then proceeds to beat the shit out of them, and it is one of the most graphic beatings I've ever seen on film. So I was like, oh my god, we've immediately tilted into camp, and where is this movie going to go from here? Because she like. Basically, it appeared that she killed them. Now, it turns out she didn't, but it was absolutely unbelievable, like a horror movie. So then she leaves, and um, her uncle then comes to her and is like, uh, you seem crazy, and uh, I, have, I, have a, I have an idea for you. Because, like, you have no prospects, you have no money, the Bolshoi Ballet is going to stop paying you now because, like, you, ha- you, don't, you can't do anything for them, you can't be a ballet dancer anymore. So he sends her to um, a school to train her to be some kind of, like, Russian government um, whore warrior poor warrior. So this is a school which is run by Charlotte Rampling, who also is doing another kind of Russian accent, and she is training beautiful young Russian people to seduce victims, essentially. Seduce people so they can entrap them. And um, so she's explaining all this to them. They're all wearing like very attractive gray uh, trench coats, etc. They have a uniform. And at this point in the film, there are three or four absolutely absurd classroom scenes and a small montage where you get to see that Jennifer Lawrence is learning how to pick locks. Um, but the other thing that's happening is that 
all these absurd scenarios are being presented to them in the classroom. So the teacher will always call someone up. And at one point she calls up this girl who, or she's showing them a video of a government official uh, in a car with a young man. And she says, what is this man's crime? And the girl with the page boy wig says, uh, he's a degenerate. And she says, why is he degenerate? Because he likes young boys or whatever. And the girl's like, yes. So she brings her up to the front of the classroom. And then she was like, well, you're going to have to do your job now. So she, um, all of a sudden, the degenerate guy is being, <laughs> degenerate, the gay guy is being carted into the room. And she says to the girl, get on your knees. And the gay guy just like willingly is pulling out his dick eager to get a blowjob in front of the classroom. And I was like, what's happening? So she doesn't want to do it. So Charlotte Rampling gracefully lifts her up off the floor. And she was like, these are the kind of things that you're going to have to do as one of our sparrows. Cause that's what these kids are called. These whores. So, one of the next things that happens is this um, classmate who is jealous of Jennifer Lawrence tries to rape her in the shower. And in class, uh, oh, so she beats the shit out of him, uh, as she is prone to do in the most absurd and violent ways. Um, but already at this point, you've gotten to see two of the boys' dicks in this class. So minor thrills, very briefly. So he's then... Um, he then comes into the classroom where Jennifer Lawrence has been brought to the front of the class by Charlotte Rampling, and she says, do your job or whatever. So then he comes up to her and he's like, turn around and he's got like blood face, blood eye, and like as if he's going to rape her in front of the whole class because it's like her duty to be able to do that kind of thing, to be so desensitized or whatever. And she says no. And so she takes off all her clothes, all of them, you get to see her naked, and she just like sits on the desk with her legs astraddle and she's like I want you to do it from the front so I can see you and then he like pulls his pants down and he can't get hard so she humiliates him so embarrassing for him anyways um somehow she ends up having to leave this school as if she's failed I don't remember there's somehow Joel Edgerton factors in as like some American Russian spy person hard to understand that part but Jennifer Lawrence is then now it's all getting dim because it gets complicated with names and people and Jennifer Lawrence is then sent on some mission where she has to go and deal with Joel Edgerton and they go swimming in this gigantic pool and she wears a horse bathing suit and she learns that he likes blondes so she dyes her hair blonde actually the girl that she's rooming with in Budapest dyes her hair blonde with her bare hands by like pulling strands of it and like squeezing this gel onto it and being like I'm gonna dye your hair real good and I'm like I know you would have to wear gloves if you were bleaching someone's hair at any rate she dyes her hair blonde now she looks exactly like the puppet from the dark crystal with the blunt bangs and the really long angel hair um, so she's going swimming with Joel Edgerton no swim cap biggest swimming pool I have ever seen um his face is scary, but he does have a dad bod, which is nice. And um, so then the uncle keeps factoring back in. He's really scary. He's up to no good. He's always kind of like threatening her. 
and um, there are more insane scenes of violence. There's a guy in the movie, oh, at one point she sent to um, seduce this like Russian guy in order to get information from him, like get his telephone from him. And um, she ends up in a tricky situation where he tries to rape her in this hotel room and she takes off her clothes and her body looks amazing. It looks CGI'd. Her waist is so small. And um, the guy tries to rape her and then this other guy like comes through the window in a helmet and a black leather cat suit and he chokes the guy with a wire while he's in while he's already in Jennifer Lawrence like his penis is in her and he chokes him with this wire until he severs his throat and so there's like blood is spilling all over Jennifer Lawrence's like black sheer bra and it's all very upsetting anyway she gets questioned she's shaking this is like oh my god um, I don't understand a lot of what happens in the end, but, um, Jeremy Irons turns out to be a mole and he, through the whole movie, is doing a dead ringer performance for Peter Martins. He's wearing even like a tinted aviator. He's doing the like sexy gravelly voice. Um, uh, I, I don't know if it even works out with Jennifer and Joel. I don't think so. He plays her some like music through the telephone. Um, she doesn't get to be a ballerina again, but, um, I, I don't know what more to tell you about this movie, except that you should go see it. It is utterly absurd. It's somewhere between Showgirls and Black Swan Every actor is completely committed. It's full of Hollywood and British royalty doing terrible accents. Um, at one point, there's a romantic kiss between she and her uncle. I don't... I don't know why. It's just to establish that he's bad. But he's gorgeous. So he's wearing weird makeup in the movie, which makes him look, wha look wax. But otherwise, he's beautiful um i think that's all i have to tell you please see red sparrow jennifer lawrence is giving the dark crystal blunt bang performance of a lifetime and you're gonna get to see a lot of really manipulated loose curls and you're gonna get to hear a million different ways of interpreting a russian accent so go see it Hopefully Justin Peck's going to get some royalties and bravo Isabella, bravo Jennifer Lawrence, bravo Charlotte Rampling, bravo Joel Edgerton, bravo Matthias Schoenertz, and bravo to all the other supporting characters in this phenomenal movie. Good night. <laughs>
years and years ago. Me and Jen Harris and Philip Taratula and Christian Coulson and Randy Harrison and Matt Wilkes. Did I do everybody? Me, Jen, Philip, Matt, Randy, Christian. I think I just named everybody. I, I'm going to go to bed soon. Um, we did a dramatic parodied reading of Notes on a Scandal. And then later we did a dramatic parodied reading of Black Swan. And uh, this sounds... Uh, there hasn't just there hasn't been anything in some ways I've thought like Gone Girl is pretty that and um what was another one that you know Girl on the Train or or Girl from the Train or uh, you know whatever that was but neither of them were to sound nearly as outlandish and full camp as Red Sparrow I cannot wait to see it um I I haven't seen anything that jarring and um ridiculous um and I'm I'm overwhelmed I'm overwhelmed by your description I'm overwhelmed and excitement to see it um how Switzerland I rehearsed at the Guggenheim today I I pretended that you and Harriet and Russell and Burr were there and um danced around <laughs> talking to nobody and of course you know rehearsing of the Guggenheim people come in and walk around and I thought I saw that woman staring at me from up in the balcony I can't remember her name right now I, I mean it's Mrs. Cronson I can't remember her first name um but as I thought I saw her and I but I was doing a pirouette and when I landed she was gone um so I was there today and uh, I'm missing you, Reed, and I hope you're having a wonderful time on the slopes. I hope you're not skiing. That sounds completely dangerous and awful and something I'll never, ever do. But I do love sitting in a hot tub. I love sitting in a hot tub when there's snow around and I can watch other people doing athletic activities. So I hope that you're taking it easy in a hot tub. And um, um, that's really pretty much it. Uh, uh, tomorrow I'm... I'm getting my taxes done. I have so many 1099s, I can't believe it. And um, then I'm going to see Jen Harris in this I, Tanya, Nancy Kerrigan parody that sounds very Quan. It sounds very inspired from Quan, actually. So that kind of style, which um, I'm looking forward to. It's the last night, so... <laughs> Tomorrow night, so I, you won't be able to see it. Maybe it'll get brought back. Um, all right, that's it for now. Hi, everyone. Um, dear Jack and Jeremy, I just got home. Um, I unpacked, which is a thing I like to do straight away for peace of mind and to feel settled. Um, I'm suddenly overcome with fatigue. Um, it's been a long travel day, and I've been up for many, many hours because of the time difference. Um, I recorded uh, a response to your response when I was in the Waldhaus Hotel in Sills in Switzerland, but my, um, what's it called? My headphones were plugged in, which I didn't even think about, and the little microphone that's on the cord was 
scratching up against the velvet chair I was sitting in as I recorded. So anyways, that's no good. So now that I'm back, I'll just give you a little, you know, recap of my trip and of life, etc. Um, I have two corrections about Red Sparrow. Um, I'm so glad you liked my uh, recap. Um, there's a part where Charlotte Rampling or Gainsbourg? Rampling? Can't remember. Too tired. She is teaching her students about the sensitive sex zones on the people that they're going to be their victims. And she's rubbing the nipples and the crotch of this girl with the page boy wig. And uh, it's completely absurd because her students are so old. Um, and I think at that point they, they know the way of the world. You know what I mean? Um, other other thing to know is that an electric vegetable peeler factors in prominently. And uh, shield your eyes if you're not good with gore. I'm not. I like to look away or put a scarf over my head. Um, what else did I want to tell you? I went to Switzerland and I learned to cross-country ski, which was challenging and occasionally fun and extremely exhausting. I did two different styles. One is where you ski in the tracks, which I guess is classic Nordic skiing. And then I had a lesson with this very sweet girl, Laura, who was... She was like as if Heidi had come down the mountain and become a ski instructor as a young woman. And she taught me how to do skating style skiing for a couple hours. And um, I fell down a lot. And I did not see other people falling down whilst cross-country skiing. There were toddlers and seniors zooming past me. Um, and... I did see one old man fall on his back my last day skiing, and that that made me feel better, and I smiled at him. Um, it's, it's a very exhausting thing to do. It's amazing how these old Central Europeans can just fly, fly up hills, basically, on these skis. Um, everyone has these, like, really strong legs and sort of like raisin faces. I mean, everyone's kind of almost attractive, but it's not a culture, I guess, where people are putting on their best face for going cross-country skiing. Um, but they all seemed hardy and potato-fed. Um, what else can I tell you? It's very... The Alps are very beautiful. We got to spend a little time in the baths at Samaritz, and I, I had a few hours there on my own, uh, the last day we were there, because uh, Kirsten wanted to just go off uh, skiing, and I was I was done with that at that point. So I went into the bath, and Kirsten had said, you know, the bath had many different things to do. You could go in the big pool, you could go in the outdoor hot tub and look at the mountains, you could go upstairs into all different temperatures of saunas and ice water, blah, blah, blah. And... I, Kirsten had said he would meet me there closer, you know, to the time we were going to get on the bus to go back to the hotel. And so I was sort of keeping my eye out for him. And I was in one of the uh, dry saunas in the section of the um, baths where you can't wear clothes. And so, and it's, 
it's co-ed and so everyone you have to take your bathing suit off in the one room and you go on and you can have your robe or your towel or whatever but if you go in the sauna you just have to be naked so I was in the sauna and I looked and I was by myself and I looked out the door and I thought I saw Kirsten walk by and then I, w- I didn't have glasses on. I went out of the hata, what's called sauna, and I went into the room, the shower room, where you like, you shower between each like sauna visit or whatever, because you're cleansing or, I don't know. That's what I observe people doing, like obsessively going from wet sauna, dry sauna, shower, sa- shower, sauna, shower, sauna, shower, sauna. And so I watched this person who I thought was Kirsten walk by, and he went into the shower room. So I went into the shower room and I, and I like looked at him and I was smiling like a crazy person. Like, look, I found you. And then he, this person was like cleaning their legs or something. And then they stood up and faced me fully nude as I was smiling at them, like an insane person. And when I was about six feet away, I finally was like, I'm so sorry. It's, it's not you. It's a different person. Very humiliating. Um, at any rate, I got through that and everything was okay. Um, it was very cold, which I don't mind. Um, and we got to go to, we went to Milan for a day at the end of the trip to see the Prada Foundation and ate delicious Sardinian food. And, uh, I took us to a fashion museum that wasn't so great. Um, and, ugh, plane movies. I got to see so many plane movies, which was great. I finally got to watch Columbus. And you were very right about that girl. It was very like a Lindsay Clark performance. Just like super authentic, like emotions bubbling up on the surface. And is that a, what is this place? Is this Columbus, Georgia? Columbus where? What an extraordinary place. I want to go there. Um, I also watched the Orient Express which um, I couldn't stay awake through. I tried twice. And then I didn't even ever, I didn't stay awake for the part where you get to know who did the murder, but I'm assuming it was Michelle Pfeiffer because she was, she was wearing a wig. And also like, there's a part at the end of the movie where her body language kind of said something bad has happened. Um, I also watched uh, the three billboards movie, which was too much. You know what I mean? It was too much. It was just like, are, are we supposed to feel sorry for Sam Rockwell? Are we really going to be his friend? Like this hideous person and the suicides and the fires and oh, the racism. It was too much. At any rate, that's what I have to say about that. Frances McDormand can not really do wrong. I love her. I love how she looks. Why are all the movie, the women in this movie like crazy Hollywood femme fatale gorgeous babes and all the guys are just real regulars like super Wyoming or wherever Missouri and the women it doesn't make sense to me but you know what it's a movie I also saw Geostorm which was I guess it was exactly how it was supposed to be like all of those movies about you know, buildings getting knocked over by waves. And then most important of all, listeners, I saw Valerian. Now, if you missed this movie, it's just the latest in one of Luc Besson's Euro Trash uh, series. 
in space. It's amazing. It has everything. Um, it has Cara Delvine doing all kinds of bad acting and acting alongside this young man who looks like sort of some weird twink meth addict um, who's playing supposedly like an adult police officer. It's very confusing. In space, obviously. And there's these the civilization of people on a planet called Mule, that's M-U with a hard accent L, and they look like Russian supermodels with their head shaved and then like pearlescent skin. Um, it doesn't matter. You just watch the movie and then we can have a whole discussion about it on the podcast. I don't think I should spend any more time talking about it until you've seen it, but I can do a full recap of Valerian. Um, which was absurd. Rihanna plays uh, liquid soap that can turn into a pole dancer, and then she 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 dies. And when she dies, she chooses to to do her death as Nefertiti, and she she turns into powdered soap. I mean, what's not to love? At any rate, um, I I got off the air train tonight and got on the subway and started walking to my apartment from West 4th Street, and I was really like, you know what? This is my home. And that's a good feeling to walk past the little park with the fountain and the homeless person is screaming at people all the way across the park on opposite benches about children in welfare and walking past the sweet green where I wanted to get a salad, but I couldn't because the line was so unbelievably long that it wasn't even worth it. And then to walk past the Korean grocery store with all the roses that smelled really nice, but you know if you were to take them home, they would never open and they'd be dead in one day. That's New York. That's home. That's what home feels like to me. Anyways, I love you. I'm happy to be home. Happy to get to record a normal podcast for next week. And um, I'll see you soon or whatever. Hi, everyone. Dear Reed, I haven't seen Valerian, but I, I really... Oh, I need to see Rihanna as liquid soap and then powdered soap and a pole dancer in between. I get it. Um, I loved hearing about you uh, cruising that guy in the shower and trying to play it off that you just thought it was Kirsten. Um, and I hope I hope that you guys like really like you did it. <laughs> and you were just shielding our listeners from what actually happened between the saunas. That's a should be a movie. Between the saunas. It can take place in one of those showers in Saint Moritz or whatever you call it. As you were when you said you guys went to Milan, I was like, I don't get it. Like what? I was like, Milan? How? I, my geography is truly, obviously, I, I don't know. However, it's Columbus, Ohio, girl. Like, <laughs> Columbus, Georgia? What are you talking about? Columbus, Ohio. Um, that's where all that stuff is. That girl's so amazing. I love that you said that was like Lindsay Clark. I could see that. Um, 
you know, today it was such beautiful weather. Like you really came back to beautiful, beautiful weather. I began the day upstate um, and I fed that cow uh, some sweet potato peelings and I was like in a t-shirt and walking around and it was so nice and and I taught a class and got on the train to come back. And of course there was this guy coughing and he was like this guy in this gray suit. And he was like, he had two, he had two iPhones. You know, I always like give someone like that a real side eye anyway, but this guy, ugh, he was talking about like business and stuff. And then like snorting his snot back and then coughing. And then he stood up to kind of like pace the aisle of the train. And I couldn't have given him there, we had a real eye lock moment where he saw just like how much I hated him. And he gave me this look just like, what's your fucking problem? And I almost thought that like, I was like, are we gonna like get in a fight? But I passed. Um, welcome home. I won't see you tomorrow. I'll see you the day after that at the Goog in rehearsal. I've, uh, I'm waiting to find out if I'm, gonna get this um commercial I auditioned for it I had a call back my call back was a half an hour with the director giving me many 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 different ways of doing it kind of except it really needed to be straight like I it was very clear that I needed to play it very very straight so I was doing my straight male voice that you can't stand and like dimming my like my eyes were dimmed and I was doing like you know this this it's supposed to be really funny, but also very, 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 very straight. So it was like, I, I was like, talk. It's not, that's not quite it. I was talking. Uh, let me sit up so I can do it. Um, what was one of the, I can't remember any of my lines. So I'll just look around my room right now and, and say them how I said, well, there's that laundry bag there. Like I, I say it like that or like, um, I'm going to go to bed pretty soon. So... I had to do that um, for a half an hour um, while also the director was like, can you, can you just have a different line there? Like, come up, like, I say something else. Or all of a sudden they would just give me different lines to do and I'd have to try to remember them while also doing the the micro notes. Uh, oh, acting. But I really, oh, I hope I get it. Because um, I'll go to L.A. for a week. And I like going to L.A. for a week. Um, have you ever seen Mulholland Drive read? I feel like, again, you don't really like David Lynch, but uh, Mulholland Drive is a documentary about L.A. It's it's too, it's just so real. It's really, really real. Oh, the other movies you watched, Geostorm, didn't see it. Um, Three Billboards, I saw it. I felt like we've talked about that. I didn't like that movie. I, I can't stand Martin McDonough as an author. He's a... He's just, it's gross. It's so pandering. And um, I fully agree of like, what's, we're just going to be like, oh no, that this awful racist guy is just, it's heartwarming. He's had a change of heart. Um, what about that all the women have British accents, except Frances McDormand? Like the girlfriend, um, that other, like all of these people have accents. And you're totally correct that the women are extraordinarily beautiful and then the men are just like whatever except for that guy I mean but he's still also whatever whatever his name is um 
Uh, he was so hot. He's like so hot, at, you know, in that way. I can't remember his name. I really can't. I mean, because it's just like mayonnaise. Like all those actors, it's just like, it's just mayonnaise. Um, I love, you know, it's great. I love it when it comes, but it's not something I want all the time, and yet it's everywhere. Um, what other movies did you say you saw? Well, and then you just talked about that girl from Columbus, I think. I think that was it. Um, I cannot wait to see Red Sparrow. I cannot wait to see it. I really, it sounds so quan. Um, oh, speaking of, I saw Jen Harris in Topic. So I, I saw that, which was this play um, based on Tanya Harding. And I'm t- going to try and, I wonder if I still have the program so I can talk about what everyone was like. Jen was tremendous. She really, she really was I mean, she's just beyond. She's a comic genius. Um, she played the mom and, and other parts. It was written by Zachary Grady, who he played Tanya. And um, he did it really sweet. Like, actually, everyone else was kind of really extreme. And his Tanya was, you know, really like the hero, like pretty uh, not not like crazed out. Um, everyone was so amazing in it it was it was really the queen who played nancy kerrigan um uh, preston martin just uh, you would have you would have gagged you would have really really gagged it was it was really really fun and then this woman who is a dancer i think i think it's i'm looking at the cast list right now because I, I met them briefly i think it's holly and butler she was Oksana Bayul, and it was this incredible hurt when she did the Oksana routine. It was so long, and she did all these different styles of dancing with like extreme musical jazz theater face, and uh, like one of those hoops came down from the ceiling, and she started doing aerial work. I laughed so hard. It was such such a pleasure. Um, Topic. It was really really funny. It was so great and. Jen, when she was leaving at one point as the mom, she just screamed like roar while jamming the parrot head, the parrot's head into her mouth. Ugh. <laughs> Truly blessed. Um, I think that's pretty much it. I, you were in Switzerland. I was teaching upstate. You know, we were both around hills. I didn't ski. I was so furious when I saw that skiing photo of you, and I'm glad it's over. Um... I'm glad you're back. And here we are, Reed. We're going into the month of hell, basically, where we will uh, rehearse your show and my show and then um, put them on. All right. Well, rest up. And um, I love you. Welcome home. <laughs> 